Hello, welcome to Culture Dumps. I'm back. This is I, Ryan Lichten. I'm here with Parks Miller, who did an excellent job covering the XFL, by the way. If I uh, thank you, thank do, you, sir. Do say so myself. Uh, that halftime video is like the best <laughs> part about the yeah. whole fucking thing. <laughs> Bruno, yeah. <Dude>. yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I mean, Rodney Dangerfield. He appears in so many things that it's kind of like trying to collect every Rodney Dangerfield appearance like feels like a dump worthy venture but if he he can't be a dump because he's a national treasure you know what i mean well yeah and he's he's, he, he's uh, fucking Rodney Dangerfield he's, yes. he's a, a legend exactly. but his his cameos are almost like they're so funny because he does so many i mean he's he's in little nicky which i saw yeah. recently yeah yeah based my halloween costume off he just po- he pops up and stuff, you know. He's got his rap and Rodney could be a dump. Rap and Rodney's great. I feel like um, if you are making like a movie and you're like, okay, like, like how do we get this on like like to like a Spike TV level? You just like throw <laughs> yeah, in yeah. Rodney Dangerfield and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, it's it's that kind of movie. Like like you might have accidentally mistook this film or television show for being something that both uh, men and women can enjoy. But <laughs> if, you, if you really want to cut out the females, just like throw in Ronnie Dangerfield for two seconds and everyone knows this is just for the bros. Like <laughs> that, 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 it's like a pace marker for, uh, for, for just like sleazy dude shit, which I love. So that's great. But uh <laughs> One thing that Ronnie Dangerfield did not make an appearance in was Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> though, though, <laughs> that, million which, dollar can you idea. You imagine he's just like, <laughs> I, I'm not even gonna do a. a don't even. He's like, yeah, yeah. This episode is idea. is gonna expose um, a big nerdy side of, of me. But we are talking but about speaking of getting no respect. Yeah, huh? yeah. Is <laughs> is this fucking is episode one right? To get no respect. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a Jar Jar impression, not a Jamaican yeah. uh, racist impression, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. So, yes, today We're get way into that. we are talking about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Now, yeah. this is going to be, I mean, I don't, I, I can't imagine that too many listeners, like at least like out of the pool of them that we have now would like argue this, but this d- is open for some level of interpretation. But... Uh, to get into it. So what is The Phantom Menace? Well, The Phantom Menace, a.k.a. Star Wars Episode One, was the first of three prequels in the Star Wars film franchise. Arguably one of, if not the most successful and well-known film franchise of all time, Star Wars has raked in billions upon billions of dollars at the box office, as well as in merchandising, or with merchandising, I should say. The excitement and buzz around Episode One was immeasurable. It very well might be the most anticipated film of all time. But once it hit theaters, the Star Wars fandom was split right down the middle. Uh, it was it was kind of like the the excitement didn't justify what what we got, and that's kind of the whole the whole thing. And it's still well, we at love with we love we love big hype. Big hype always plays well into dump dumb. Yeah, uh, not the bigger every the time, hype, the but bigger the dump. I mean, for yeah, just the last episode, the XFL, there was huge hype behind it. Uh, and so sometimes that can just lead to this inevitable disappointment or um, criticism because the hype can just be so big. And this is, yeah, this is this huge franchise. It's so recognizable. And yeah, you're just, you're looking, 
it there's no way it could have met everyone's expectations right right so yeah and that's I, why that's a good ingredient to a dump is lots of hype yes and it doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't successful so why is it a dump well it's a dump because the biggest franchise of all time finally released a new installment which should have had diehard fans wrapped up in a frenzy but instead the film became an outlet to separate the fandom from the overabundance of the cgi the addition of two of the worst like and most unpopular characters, not only in Star Wars, but also in cinema period, and an overall product that did not stand a chance against the audience expectations. There's also some dark life after stardom shit, which is a key dump ingredient. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. you have you have a almost like a Millie Vanilli esque uh, arc. <laughs> well, no, you do. I mean, not in the um, the lip syncing, but in the like being famous and having this really negative association that is going to lead you know one of these actors in, down a very dark path too so i yeah. would say i would say yeah yeah both yeah but i would say that that ha it, it did remind me of millie vanilli a little bit just didn't be like damn like when you know sometimes people just end up portraying this very easy to make fun of thing and there's yeah. still a person behind it and exactly. uh yeah you feel some, you start to feel some yeah. sympathy there's, so there's I think a this, real thing I, behind it. Yeah. yeah, this is this was your idea. I thought this was a great one because obviously you can't do Star Wars, and I would prefer to. I mean, I like the f films, all right. I prefer to not necessarily get too nerdy, but if you want to show your nerdy side, you can, um, because everyone knows how big fucking Star Wars is. But I like that this is a dump, and it it does. There really was this sort of infamy behind this movie itself, and I right. and we were both around to be fan like i had obviously not seen the movie the original when they came out but as an elementary schooler definitely saw the original star wars movies so yeah i think we were like sort of a perfect audience for when this movie came out well yeah i mean we we were the eight because okay here's the thing with like the original star wars like it was a it was a, a worldwide phenomenon and it was kind of an all ages thing that people got into and the films are a little more serious edged you know and um like uh, you know of course then the merchandising came and 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 also because of the the nature of the film it was good for kids so you had people like growing up with this that were kids when it came out and now they're taking their kids to this new one you know what i mean and also um like I had went and seen the re-release of the original ones where George Lucas went in and like just fucked it all up with a ton right, of extra right. CGI mm -hmm. shit, which yeah. was kind of like a preliminary thing because, and we'll get into this, but like the distance between the prequels and the original films was due to technological, you know, like tethering. Mm -hmm. Like George Lucas was like, look, right. if we wait, then mm -hmm. we can really do all this crazy stuff and we probably right. won't have to work as hard at it. And you know, mm -hmm. like this, that, and the other. So he, experimented with the original three and added in like mm -hmm. music sequences and like all right. sorts of shit that didn't need to be in there at all. That totally looks weird because you have a film in the seven, like that was literally fully produced in the seventies that mm -hmm. now has 1990s, like Jurassic park, like CGI, like yeah. put on top of it. So it's just like clashes and looks all fucked up, but he was, he showed himself that he could do it. Um, it's, it's kind of like, um, some artists like re-record their music and i'm not really taylor swift. To taylor swift I, I i haven't listened <laughs> to that but i'll say like sometimes artists will do that because because they feel like now there's better technology or they're better musicians 
And usually it's like the way they did it the first time is going to be the better way. If, if it's That's not it. like truly a, a reimagining, if you're doing sure an acoustic version, you know, a completely different version. That's one thing. But trying to like sort of recreate Dubstep the thing remix. you've already done. Yeah, dubstep remix. <laughs> I'm here for that all day. I actually just heard a uh, Seven Nation Army. Oh, Christ, dude. Uh, with um, what was Glitch Mob, which Glitch Mob <laughs> almost could be like a dump because it wasn't dubstep, right? I, like, Glitch I feel Mob like was dubstep before is a dubstep. Dumpstep. Dude, yeah, I mean, it was every dubstep was everywhere for a second, and then it sure like it still exists if you go find like the heady EDM fans. It's still, but it is kind of it kind of went from an underground music to super popular to back to like this underground music. We used a dubstep remix in our Go Ask Alice episode, yeah, and uh, you know, maybe there's like a Phantom Menace. You know anyway. there is, dude. You yeah, know there's a million that, Star Wars remixes. The, the songs are great in this movie. Uh, I will say that. Um, and the only other thing I want to say because I'm is just that 1999. Yeah, it's another. It's just like the dump. The dumpiest, woodstockiest, our favorite year, ever. number one year for us. We've been really digging into these nice like early 2000s, but. We're back with 99. Feels good to be back. Magical number. Right. Uh, And then I'll get my nerdiest thing I'll say out of the way. So Star Wars is very special to me. I enjoy all of the films um, for for different reasons. Also, the reason why Episode 2 and Episode 3 didn't get hated on as much as Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, is because after Episode 1, everyone kind of knew what they were getting. So, like, the expectations were kind of set more realistically, whereas it had been 20-plus years since anyone had seen Star Wars. So when they finally get the new one you're like this is what we're getting now and then like then you know for the for the next two and that's why with the you know the newest three that that came out it's it it was a little bit different and um and just for my nerdy take really probably episode one is the best of the prequels it is um because it it honestly has the most iconic moments the pod right pod racing is really iconic mall um, Darth Maul, and um, to me, probably the worst part of it was the fucking guy that played Anakin turning into you know the in the third one. Yeah, that got well. That act, Hayden Christensen, he was really bad. Okay, well, he was. Like, I'm going to really, stop anyway, you right there because you're you're, you're approaching yeah, on my I final know. thought, which you know okay, is important right, to me. All right, uh, okay. But I will say this about Episode One. So I've always kind of looked at Star Wars as like a <laughs> biblical kind of, it's like yeah. a biblical kind of a mm-hmm. thing. There's something that you could really learn from the Jedi's and things like that. I know now I'm really really getting nerdy, but in Star Wars Episode One, one of my favorite Star Wars quotes. It's in the very first scene. Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan are on this ship waiting to have this this meeting and uh and Qui-Gon says be mindful of the future but not at the expense of the moment and uh basically that's like a very Star Warsy way of saying YOLO uh which I, I, I which, which I I enjoy so let's get into it a long time ago aka 1999 in a galaxy far far away the original Star Wars film, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, was released on May 25th, 1977, and the world of film and nerdy stuff was never the same. The film spawned two sequels, Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, and Episode Six: The Return of the Jedi, my favorite. And because of the numbering of the films, it was assumed that eventually there would be a series of prequels. But after 20 years and change, it seemed as if that was never going to happen. And again... 
it was such a long break because George Lucas was waiting on technology. Things were improving all the time and special effects. So he's like, you know what? Let's wait until I feel like we could really do some crazy, crazy shit. He was probably thinking that like the next Star Wars is going to be filmed in fucking space. Like, right, right. But then, you know, we're not quite there yet. So it was on November 20th, 1998, that the trailer for Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, first hit theaters. The trailer was so awe-inspiring, it brought millions of fans to the theaters to see Meet Joe Black strictly because the trailer for Star Wars was attached to it. The next trailer would prove to be equally as popular and was shown on television almost as its own special. Like, mm-hmm. you'd be watching Inside Edition or Entertainment Tonight, and it's like, and at the end of the show, we're going to show the next Star Wars trailer. And people mm-hmm. would, like, pop a tape in their VCR to record that shit. Yeah. And, like, again, mm-hmm. like, there was so many people that would go to the theater to see Meet Joe Black. That's probably why that movie did so good. And they, yeah. they would watch it. Like, can you imagine if they, like got smart to that and they're like, okay, we're going to put the trailer at the fucking end. So you have to sit through this whole thing about Brad Pitt <laughs> being the grim reaper with like sexy hair. And uh, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also just want to say meet Joe black was directed <laughs> by, by Martin breast who, uh, <laughs> uh, that's not what I meant, but Martin breast. He then after meet Joe black, he, uh, was the director, screenwriter and producer of Gili. Oh man! And then has not, and then that was such a colossal failure. But that also was, I think, isn't that how Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez met or something? Anyway, that yeah. movie is this like famously abysmal movie. It has Christopher Walken, Al Pacino. It's got pretty big names in it, um, and that pretty much scared Homie out of directing another movie because he hasn't <laughs> directed one since two thousand three. Yeah, and, um, and maybe he realized that you know everyone was flooding to see Meet Joe Black because because uh, they had the Phantom yeah. Menace trailer. But no, that, that movie direct, was very. He popular. directed Scent of a Woman, which I haven't seen, but has like very popular a movie. bunch of Oscars, and I know that Al Pacino says "Great ass," and, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and <laughs> <laughs> that's all I know about the movie. Hey, he's blind, you, and he t- that's all you need like, to know. He's a horny blind guy. That's all you knew. How did he know it was a great ass if he was... Anyways. All right. Almost 22 years... Your hands. Oh. (laughs) Okay. 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 Almost 22 years to the day of the initial release of the first Star Wars film, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace was released. That's pretty crazy. I mean, they were literally released in the same month, 22 years apart. Uh, Pretty incredible for fans. So in the months leading up to May 19th, 1999, loyal fans gathered outside their local theaters, particularly in Hollywood and New York, to camp out in hopes of being the first to see the film. And this kind of dedication to a film had never been seen before. The lines of diehards outside the theaters and tents helped fuel the fire that was the publicity surrounding the film's release. Now, there was blockbuster films, like, don't don't get me wrong, and some people say that Star Wars was um, the first film, like, where people use the term blockbuster to describe. I've looked into that. I, I, that's not necessarily true. Also, a blockbuster is, uh, like, a bomb, I believe. Um, but Jaws, I think, was was noted as being a blockbuster. It has to do with the line literally going down a block. So if the, yeah. if the whole sidewalk I mean, the is com- full of people, company, that's technically a blockbuster. And the the rental company like started in the eighties. So I mean, yeah, it came out. I mean, it, that, yeah. And you know, that had to have been related obviously, sure. to the phrase. So yeah, there's not like yeah. six different people using that word for like different things, <laughs> but um, yeah. 
but again, the idea of people camping, that became a huge, huge aspect of the publicity around Star Wars Episode One and, and the, the following Star Wars. I don't think people even do that anymore because of like how how big the internet is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like was you just can just buy your say, tickets. You don't have to wait in line because they'll do pre-sales right. months ahead of time. It's but also, back then also, you camp. Yeah, I would also say like it. Yeah, it feel and then with streaming too, and now with COVID, obviously that's really I think you know seeing something someone camp out for a movie. It, it would have to. I mean, I'm trying to think of like really bigly like really huge hyped movies. Like I guess like the Dune movie was pretty hyped, but with the circumstances, you're just not gonna you know get that kind of thing and then like the lines and then i mean like some of the marvel movies are really big but i don't think that they get i don't know they just kind of roll out and then everyone just now watches you can get them, your right? ticket yeah well just, you, yeah yeah you, I guess so, if you're gonna go to the theaters you can just get your ticket online you don't have to do this i feel like it'd be like streetwear or something like if like new yeezys came out like i like sometimes when i drive yeah. by like go by streetwear places i'm like damn there's a crazy line like some shoe is about to get dropped. Sure. You know, because yeah. that's something you still can't, you can't stream the shoe, right? Yeah. Like you still have to go and actually get the thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like those, those stores, they know that there's going to be however many hundreds or thousands of kids lining up, all taking pictures, all posting it like, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. so that, that plays into it too. But this was strictly mega fans. There's actually two documentaries made about this one, uh, which we reviewed on our Patreon, on our docudump series called star weight, which is actually about star Wars episode two coming out. Um, and people line up and there's, I mean, like there is like a company called like um uh, like like Starline or, or something like that, and or like like yeah I think it was Starline or Star or something, and like they would basically have volunteers that would like check people in, so you didn't have to stay in line for twenty four hours a day. You could go to a hotel or come back, but you had to log your hours of the time that you were there. So say you get off work, you come, you stand in line for like eight hours, you check in with the person keeping track of all that, and then they would make a spreadsheet when it came like a couple days down to when the film was actually going to come out. They'd crunch all the numbers, and then based on who was in line for a total amount of time, the longest, that's who would get the tickets first in order and you get to choose their seat first and all that stuff. And I mean, it was really crazy. And uh, there's another mm -hmm. one called uh, Star Wars or Bust, which is uh, you, you can find on, on, on our Patreon. Um, Star Weight is, is a little bit harder to find, but I want to play uh, a little sample here from Star Wars or Bust. And this is actually from people waiting for Star Wars Episode One. Star Wars. What are you going to do if the movie really sucks? <laughs> Uh, see, probably see it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're we'll, we'll probably, we'll probably see. Yeah, we'll have to see it again. I can't see any way that it could suck, but if it does, I'm just gonna have to slip my wrist. It's not gonna suck, man. There's no way the movie can suck. There's just no way the movie can suck. Don't see that. There is no way it's gonna suck. Well, it could suck. It could not suck. It could. It could How could it suck? It could well, two trailers. They both rocked. What? You know, How could that's that's that's... Well, maybe not. Once the opening scroll starts, I'm gonna be in ecstasy. There's gonna be people crying here, you know. So yeah, it was a huge thing. Again, no one camps outside for fucking movies, and especially not for sixty plus days, which some people did. Yeah, that's like that. How do you how do you do that? How do you? I mean, homeless people do it. <laughs> you yeah, know, it's like, like it's like I mean, like living on the street is pretty fucking cheap. Like if you if you're just gonna live on the street, it's um, crazy. Yeah, it, it it's really really nuts, and and again, these are absolute mega fans. And again, there's a difference though between 
like the episode one crowd and the episode two crowd. Um, and again, it has to all be, you know, it all has to do with the expectations. So the merchandise for the film was also anxiously anticipated and toy stores began to run out of newly released Star Wars action figures and play sets before the film even hit theaters. Star Wars is world renowned for their merchandising, especially their toys. Uh, if you have Netflix, you can check out the Star Wars episode of the toys that made us. It explains it all in great detail and shows mm -hmm. you just how vast uh, their their toy lines are and everything. And so that became a big thing for collectors. It was like, oh, there's going to be a whole new fucking world, you know? And also mm -hmm. you had the parents that grew up on Star Wars and now have kids and they're like, great. I get to, like, my kids are going to have their own heroes and their own toys. And I get to get back into this all over again, you know? And, right, and I remember right. a, bi a big thing was putting the characters on like soda cans, like Mountain Dew and Pepsi and stuff all had Star Wars characters on them. And there was so, so, so many like, uh, collaborations and and licensing out of these Star Wars characters and the thing was no one knew who these characters fucking were so you might be buying up like 10 cases of Mountain Dew because it has like a chancellor on it who's in the movie uh -huh. for like 14 seconds and like isn't even cool but you're like I don't know maybe this is like the fucking bad guy I don't know like no one knew I mean but it's fucking brilliant from a marketing standpoint you know you know you're already selling merch right and exactly selling out. out I mean Damn, yeah, selling crazy. out of merch. And like again, like, you know, there <laughs> we'll get to the to the characters, but like imagine like really throwing all your 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 money down on uh on Jar Jar stuff because you're like, oh, people are gonna love this guy. Uh -huh. <laughs> and yeah. then like now you're stuck with a garage full of this shit. Uh but that that's kind of how that was going. So again, like before the film is out, millions and millions of dollars are being racked up. And the film itself, once it was released, it grossed a little over a billion dollars worldwide and was nominated for three Oscars, which is crazy because, you know, mm -hmm. nowadays, I mean, well, in certain categories, fun films like this will be nominated. Like, for instance, best sound effects editing, best visual effects, and best sound. That's where those were the three. Those, that yeah, those, those tend to not necessarily be the same as, like, the actor... Right. You know, yeah, actress different films. best yeah. awards, unless you are doing some crazy epic that, you know, one of those like big category sweepers, like nine nominations. But yeah, usually, you you know, sometimes the acting is more of like a drama route and doesn't necessarily need that high budget. But stuff right. like this, you know, it makes sense. And and so, yes, it was nominated. The three Oscars was best sound effects, editing, best visual effects and best sound. Um, they lost all three awards to The Matrix. The Matrix just fucking conquered. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> but it's also funny because it's like the Matrix is like has cool effects, but it's like set like within Earth, so to speak. But like Star Wars, like every fucking place that they are is an effect. You know, like right, every right. single thing in the film is a visual effect and uh, nothing. Not so a you're saying it should have won? You're no, saying no, the Matrix is okay. way fucking cooler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And currently, the film uh, Episode 1 has a 52% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, while the original Star Wars has a 92% rating. So right. it, it, like, it goes to show you this big drop. And again, it was released almost 22 years to the day after the original. The runtime was 2 hours and 16 minutes. Very long, but fans, you know, they got their, their time's worth. And now when the VHS was released in April of 2000, it sold 4.5 million copies in the first two days. 
Damn. So, yeah, I yeah. Mean, pe people were really, really hungry for, for that. And the thing oh, was, though, it, it's interesting that it's, it's sold that much. I would like to find the rental numbers on that mm -hmm. because this was a thing where it's like anyone who was anyone had already seen it. No one was like, oh, I'll wait for it to come out in Blockbuster uh, before I see Star Wars. Like, no, you go to the theater to see the fucking right. Star Wars movie. I want to say it's it was the second or third billion dollar movie. Like, yeah, there was like yeah, it was Titanic, like Titanic. I think Jurassic Park, Titanic, and then Phantom Menace was like the third billion right. dollar movie. Yeah, and George so. Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, you know, he's done, I mean, so many iconic things, but the biggest, of course, being Star Wars, but then also Indiana Jones and just like all these great adventure films and, you know, fantasy and all that. Because Star Wars, folks, is fantasy. It's not sci-fi. Okay, let's uh, let's get let's, <laughs> okay. let's get th let's get that out there. So, <laughs> despite negative feedback, the Star Wars fandom was still beyond excited to have been gifted another installment of the film and anxiously awaited the following sequels to the prequels. However, there were two nasty stains on the face of the franchise in the form of two of the most unpopular characters. Again, not just in Star Wars, but in film history. These that the hatred that these two characters were going to discuss goes so far beyond just like, oh, that was a stinker. Like, there's people that cry over this. I mean, right, like, right. there's, there's, it gets really, really ugly here because Star Wars, it, again, it's like Star Trek. There, there's not too many things that are, are like this where people follow it. It's like a biblical thing where there's, you know, you get something out of it and, and you can live your life through the tenets that you learn in these films. Mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, and people take it very, very seriously. I would say comic book movies are almost there, but now that whole genre is so watered down that I don't think anyone really gives a shit if there's like a shitty Spider-Man movie. Whereas when those movies first started coming out, they were looked at really, you know, with a really close lens, but now not, not so much. Cause there's just so many of them, but star Wars is I, star Wars. There's only one guy that makes them, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it's gotta be this on thing the comic, on the comic book movies. I mean, my, some of my friends are pretty big fans. Blade is the best comic book movie. They okay? definitely, can get into some discussions about the movies, but well, we're talking know. about star Wars here. We're not that big of nerds. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I ain't no well, fucking nerd. Little nerd gatekeeping uh, elitism there. So first up <laughs> the good, the bad and the Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks, the Gungan outcast who lived in the... I like how I spelled outcast like the group in this outline. Yeah, I'm just I saw like, that I, I, That was a total accident. But he was a Gungan <laughs> outcast who lived in the aquatic city of Otagunga, which was located underneath Naboo. That means nothing to you if you've never seen this, but I'm guessing most of you have. Um, and it's definitely worth the watch. Like, smoke some weed and watch Star Wars Episode One. It's fucking great. Um, and he's undoubtedly the most hated character in the entire Star Wars franchise 100% that is inarguable. The, the character who was supposed to lend comic relief to the three prequels achieved the complete opposite reaction. He was loosely based on Disney's Goofy and was portrayed through motion capturing technology and voice acting by Ahmed Best. So, mm -hmm. like, this is... This was something that a lot of people's complaints were because Star Wars like broke the mold in so many ways with their practical effects, the costumes, the makeup, the... I mean, because like, back then, the effects, they weren't generated by computers. There was all sorts of, like, lighting and magic. George Lucas, like, founded Industrial Lights and Magic. You know what I mean? It's like there's so 
so much like brilliant artwork and and creative like creativity that went into the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And so to have a character that's pretty prominent throughout the entire thing that's completely CGI, it mm-hmm. like you just can tell. I mean, even then, you were like, okay, like this could have just this could have been a costume. It might not have been hated on as much. Yeah, but, the, but I mean, the fact that you know that these guys in real life aren't talking to anyone. Well, I guess they are, but like. Because the motion capturing and the guy was there, but it's just so unreal, and not right. unreal in like an unbelievable way. I mean, and, like not real. Yeah, and I guess it's like yeah, like you said, it's the thing he's really good at is the practical. But then it just you know you can see he's really got to try and scratch this itch as far as CGI you know characters and um and it you know he waited all this time to do it. But really, I mean, if you look at like what Lord of the Rings, Gollum, I mean, that was like a year later. And like that is like an iconic CGI character. You yes. Know? Yeah. So, it, it, you know, it, well, because yeah, you, you have to make like they made all the orcs, all the orcs are real, you know, and then yeah. you have like this one character. So it, it's this whole thing. And they used so much computer like generated stuff in episode one that it was it was kind of like an advertisement for films like like for the film industry. It's like this is what you can do now. You know, but rather than Mm -hmm. like with Jurassic Park, where it like set a standard that like still, I mean, still holds up pretty fucking well. It does. Um, This doesn't because it's just too much. There's just too much of it. So Ahmed Best was born August 19th, 1973, and has appeared either physically or through voice in several shows and films, including Star Wars, of course, but also Robot Chicken, Cougar Town, Law and Order LA, which was very short lived and is incredible, by the way. Bob Saget plays like a sleazy porn producer in one of the episodes that like is like <laughs> hiding the uh, HIV status of one of his actresses and he gets pinned for like criminal transmission it's great but only lasted a season because no one wants their law in order to be anywhere except for new york um but he was also in lego star wars and the clone wars animated series among other projects and he landed you know landing a a reoccurring role in the star wars franchise is a dream come true for any actor not only for the immense payday that the films and the merchandise almost guarantee you but also for the accolades of being involved in one of the most beloved series of all time Best was not the first actor considered for the role, however. Michael Jackson was actually in line for the role before George Lucas decided to computer generate the character rather than have a live actor play the part. Can you imagine? I mean, yeah. You. Can you imagine Michael Jackson as Jar Jar Binks in like, in like prosthetics? Like, holy fuck. Dude, we really lost out on that one. I mean, that could have been incredible. I mean, how did he even do it? He was like, didn't even do any movies, did he? Like, well, he did he... Moonwalker. I mean, and uh, his his music videos are his movies, dude. And he did Living no, with but... Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying he really. No, no, he did it. There isn't like him in just like a popular like feature length movie. But for there? all I, for all we know, he like because like Michael Jackson used to put on like disguises and shit. Like he might be an extra. In, oh, like, the Wiz. All kinds of shit. Okay. Oh, the, the Wiz. Wiz. Yeah, yeah. I okay. sincerely apologize, but yeah. But that's not the same as him the, playing Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But also, I like that, like, they had Michael Jackson, like, the most famous person in the world, try out. And they're like, nah, we're just going to make him on a computer. Like, like yeah. this is this is too strange. We need to tone it back <laughs> by by creating a Gungan, like, by from scratch. 
Uh, right. So anyways, after the film's release, fans complained incessantly about Jar Jar's presence in the film, but it wouldn't be until the next two prequels were released that the Jar Jar hate would reach its peak. After mm-hmm. fans had to sit through three films that included Jar Jar, they had enough. Not only were there complaints about the overuse of CGI, again, not just with Jar Jar Binks, but the films as a whole, uh, it was also the way that Jar Jar spoke. The voice of the character was specifically targeted. Most Jar Jar haters found the voice to be just plain annoying. However, as Jar Jar hatred picked up traction, there became a darker and more serious edge to the grievances. There was a question of whether or not the character had racist undertones. Let's just say this real quick. Ahmad Best mm-hmm. is a black man. Okay, so you, you mm-hmm. have you have this. Also, like the whole thing, like why it was considered racist was the the Misa aspect because he talks like Misa this Misa this mm-hmm. and people are saying that's kind of like poking fun at like a Jamaican accent or a Caribbean accent yeah. like the... borderline like plantation like song of the southy almost you know kind of deal and, and it was really stretching but like also there was so little like so few people of color and so few characters of color in Star Wars as a whole I know everyone's mind is going to go right to Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu but uh, name another in in the well uh, what's like, his face La- uh, Lando Calrissian Lando Calrissian from, you yeah know, but it was you know it was one one guy Right, it, um, it, exactly. You can yeah. like you can name them. That's the whole thing. It's, my, it's, uh, like, it's so few that you can fucking name them. Uh, um, Chris, Chris, my uh, partner in Dip, my band. I brought up you know for a couple sure dump dump related things. He is real. He's he lives in Savannah, and so he says that it's even more specifically relates to the like the Gullah Geechee. People yes. who who like live in like coastal Savannah in South Carolina, so it's even more specific reference. Though he he li- appreciates it for that and feels like it was like sort like of a, a tribute like a, to like a, 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 a cap pretty nod, like a yeah tip of the cap. Like, right. Um, <laughs> well, but he's a big was, Jar Jar fan. Actually. Okay, he I mean, hey, and and they're out there. I mean, I was talking to yeah. um, guest of the show, you know, friend of the show, Adam Papigan, about this, and he was like, Jar Jar's not a dump. Like, he's like, I love him. He's great. And I was like, of course <laughs> yeah. you fucking like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. But um, so the thing was, though, is some fans that were hating on Jar Jar and kind of latched on to this, like, racial undertone thing with him, they went so far as to see Jar Jar as the POC representation mm-hmm. in the film, being like, like, like that character itself is racist. And look, he's like, he's like the shucking and jiving black guy. Well, and it's like, well, you're looking at an yeah. alien. Like right, and you're, right. and the, you're the racist mm-hmm. one because you're looking at this They're, character from outer yeah. space and you're seeing it as like, well, that has to be the black guy that they're shitting right. on. Like, right, kind of a right. Thing. Which is, yeah. Which is like, why are you, why are you going there? It's like, the dude, there's black guy in the movie. Um, like, like this is Jar Jar yeah. Binks. This is a person of color. Like the, the I guess two the, are not the same. There is, you know, sort of cinematic history because Jar Jar is very clumsy. And so that kind of is this like sort of minstrel the trope. Stereotype, of, yeah. The stereotype, yeah. Like, the stereotype of like all, all these stereotypes, yeah, that are like know, who's because then you're just falling down so people like laugh at you, sort of like a clown. The other thing is there are uh these like Chinese looking fish alien things in Star Wars and Oh, with like acts- the like the and their eyes are very yeah. narrow and they speak in a very specific way so you do have to wonder what 
Luke, so as a, you know, as the a one half guy, Japanese the, man, Parks the, is a little offended by uh, the, the Asian by fish guy, dude. You know what I'm talking about? He's, he's a really I, I small do. role. Yeah, Jaja, Jaja, you don't do that. Yeah, I know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But and again, though, it's kind of funny because it's like you could like you could take Star Wars and frame it like within the confines of like race and stuff if you really want to, but like you're taking aliens and turning them into racial stereotypes when that's not like, that's clearly not a thing. And also like the voice that he was doing that Ahmad best was doing was something that he would do with a bunch of other characters throughout his life. And he would do it like for kids and stuff. And it was like a fun thing. You know, and, mm-hmm. and like, and he just decided to use it and make it part of this character that he felt could like had the potential to become iconic, which in a way it did. But it, also, yeah, because it it's is. because it's a computer generated character, no one un, like no one knew that like there was you know a black guy playing Jar Jar Binks. So like mm-hmm. all this stuff comes out, and then the guy that played him was like, no, what the fuck, like. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not like what, like, I wasn't told to do this. And also, his character was based on Goofy. Like, he was supposed to, like, the one that, like, you know, is carrying like a way too big pile of like sporting toys. And mm-hmm. it's like, whoa, whoa. And they're like leaning side to side. Like, I, that's the bit. To get to like sort of get a little philosophic about it, I will say that I think what it is is first off, the character just, you know, regardless of people's opinion of it the character just didn't really land well. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, if there was the division, it wasn't the time. It wasn't Jar Jar's time. And (laughs) the the reaction, people just hated it. And so then that kind of like can easily go in. Like, it's already not sitting well with people. Right. Right. So how can we hate it more? And then there's and then there is this sort of thing with CGI, the uncanny, where when thing, you know, when depictions as humans, you sort of tend to f- try to find human-like qualities in sure. CGI animals, cartoons, even inanimate objects. Like, you look at a car and you can see a face with the headlights. So, like, probably just the accent or something, it just sort of maybe triggered a little something in people's heads. Yeah, I, like, again, what, you know, like, where... Go, go- you know, going back to my accent. point, dude, going back to yeah. my point that if you look at Jar Jar Binks and you see a negative racial stereotype, you're fucking racist. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're literally looking at an alien with no human-like features except for the fact that he walks on his, t- on, like, standing up. And uh, and that's what you see. You're the fucking fucked up one. Yeah. Leave I mean, Jar Jar and alone. I, I hated Jar Jar when it came out. Not for that, just because I, I thought it I guess annoying. The, yeah, it's, like, annoying. And I guess there's always this balance in the movies about it being really cutesy and kind of for kids. There's always been like cute kind of characters and there's always been uh, a little bit of a slapstick humor element to the original three, but I guess like that balance it and I don't know if it's like, maybe there was like all these fans who loved it so much because it is action and they take it super seriously. Cause really it feels like the Jar Jar character should fit into what the fuck Star Wars is about, you know? Like, there's well, plenty of yes. goofy-ass characters in this film franchise, so it I'll, feels I'll like it should it, fit. I'll say it like this. Like, the original Star Wars were able to, like, be enjoyed by people of all ages, and there was even some stuff that might have gone over kids' heads, you know, at, at the time, but these ones really feel like they were geared more towards a younger audience, probably in an attempt to push the merchandising aspect a, a lot more, you know, right. and they kind of feel dumbed down. But also, like, you have a character, like, you have a sidekick like Chewbacca from the original ones, who's kind of like comic relief, but he doesn't fucking talk. 
okay? Mm-hmm. And you have R2-D2, who also doesn't fucking talk. But, so uh, when you get the comic yeah. relief that's like supposed to, you know, kind of like shave the harsh edges off and you let him speak. And not only that, but you make him like a predominantly main character. Like then it's too much of that element. And I think that that's what they were trying to do. They're like, let's make a, like a Chewbacca R2-D2 character. That's like really going to like steal the show. And what we got mm-hmm. was Jar Jar Binks. That's, that- and that's true. I mean, yeah, those other characters you mentioned are much more side characters. And Jar Jar is in the movie a lot. He's kind of pushing the plot. If I yeah. recall, like, I mean, he's a pretty instrumental part of the movie and the plot of the movie. So he's getting a lot of screen time, you know? Yes. Yeah. As opposed the, to the Chewbacca kind of. Yeah. He yells. Chewbacca is like, great. Funny, you get him when you get him. You know? up and yeah, he's not in the movie that much. Yeah. Good point. Right. So with Jar Jar Binks being Best's first major role in a film, the backlash was heartbreaking. Here was a 25-year-old actor given the opportunity of a lifetime who was praised by Frank Oz, the creator and voice of one of the most beloved Star Wars characters, Yoda, as one of the best characters of the new films. Frank Oz, literally the guy, like, I mean, uh, despite, you know, like, I mean, forget about the Muppet stuff, but he he invented Yoda, you know what I mean, and voiced right. Yoda and stuff, and he said that Jar Jar was the best. Uh, but of course, Frank Oz, like the fucking Muppet guy, would like Jar Jar the most. But still, it speaks to the you know the uh, the level of icon you know that that uh, Jar Jar was supposed to the have prey, been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but he could not escape the furious hordes of fans. Best claims that people on several occasions have approached him in person to tell him how he not only ruined Star Wars but also their childhoods. According oh to a God. 2018 Fucking tweet nerds. by Bess, I know, dude, you ruined my childhood because I'm an adult now watching this movie and you made me hate it when I was a kid. Like, it makes no sense. Like, co- yeah. calm the fuck down. Right. You know, but in 2018, Bess tweeted uh, that, you know, the downpour of criticism at one point was so great that he once stood at the ledge of a high bridge and contemplated suicide before coming to his senses and returning back home. Literally mm-hmm. standing the, on the edge, like, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, the Brook- the Brooklyn Bridge. I was watching that video, and then he actually... In the tweet, he went to that same place with his son and took a picture right. and had this very inspirational, like, I didn't do it. And, you know, here I am with my son, 20 He's years. He's still you here. Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was able, and I didn't, I didn't, uh, you know, Lisa I didn't. don't jump on the bridge. Yeah. Um, it, that, that's, and I mean, that's fucked up shit. And again, it's all over fucking Star Wars. Like, right. no, well, one, was, no one else ever got that in the, Star the, Wars. No if one. You, if you watch the watching the interview of Best describing his almost suicide attempt because of the ridicule for Jar Jar, that to me that was my Millie Vanilli comparison was him yeah. just getting shat on for this thing. Granted, in different, you know, he successfully portrayed the character, and Millie Vanilli obviously was a whole lip syncing thing. But just that, well, they like, sexually damn. portrayed characters too, right? The characters <laughs> was Millie Vanilli <laughs> of of pop stars. Yeah, they, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. You know, it's just it's pretty. You're like, damn, I'm getting a little choked up. This dude is like really getting to me. You know, talking about this, and then and this is probably a good point. Also, like this probably is when I feel like in a way with the Star Wars with the anticipation and the hype, it's like you know you kind of hear about some of these like intense, like super fan like nerds people who like yeah are sort of gatekeeping the pro the product or the you know they're saying like they yeah they love it so much that they have these really high standards of like what it's supposed to be so i could imagine if you hadn't you know just sort of here thinking about it waiting for this movie to come out that when it finally came out it's like probably like rabid foaming at the mouth 
fans. Oh, it was. Who I are mean, like, people lived on the street for this right. shit. They like people became virtually homeless for like months to to see this first. Not right. to be the only people to see it, but to be just the first, <laughs> you know, yeah. like if it was like, no, you have to really wait in line because we're only going to show this to the first hundred people and that's it. Then I, maybe I can understand. But like, no, they just want to see it first. Like, what the fuck? But, you know, again, there's the the saddest aspect for me about this whole thing with Jar Jar is that you're in Star Wars like and you're signed on for three films like no one hates any character in Star Wars mm-hmm. like and now all of a sudden like. You ruined people's childhood, and the internet yeah. was was just becoming like widely accessible. So, like, there's all message sorts of you know message hot. boards and forums and fan pages and hate pages and things like this, and it became really easy to spread your hate. And also, as the actor, to be able to log onto the internet and see in real time how much people hate you and watch that hate like literally go from like God, that character was annoying to like this is racist. Like, it's like holy fuck, like this is getting really bad, and it almost drove drove him to to suicide. But Best mm-hmm. is now a loving father, and he still works as a voice actor. Upon the announcements of Disney Plus's new Star Wars series based on the exploits of a young Obi-Wan Kenobi, Best told the press that he would not be reprising his role of Jar Jar Binks. And the world went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do, I will say uh, one point, which is is that um, the original three Star Wars movies, George Lucas directed the first one. You know, the... yeah. A New Hope. And then I think part of the success of it is that he is not really like the best direct film director. And then he let two other people direct um, Return of the Jedi and um, Empire Empire Strikes Strikes Back. Back. Yeah, These three prequels, he directs all three of them. Um, I think that that's a big part of it. I don't I think he's like he has all these ideas about how his characters are supposed to work and like he, i think he has very obviously a creative genius has all the ideas but it feels like you know he probably shouldn't be directing the movies i don't know he's probably thinking about too many other things well than empire strikes about. back the, the second one is considered to be the best of all like it's widely considered to be the best of all star wars films right. um and, and there's something something to that but yeah it's, it's and then the worst the, like literally the worst three of of now nine in the series. Of course, there's right. like like Rogue One and there's the Solo movie, and I'm sure so there's all the be... so right. But all those new movies then Lucas are different didn't, people didn't direct yeah. again. So he doesn't he, even I... own them anymore. He didn't yeah. even own them well, anymore. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. And, and and we'll get we'll get to that. But uh, we have one more character from Episode One that we have to get to. So yeah. like I said, there was one other character who would suffer the attack of millions of diehard Star Wars fans who felt their performance was not up to par with their expectations. However, the difference between this character and Jar Jar Binks is that Jar Jar was a computer-generated amphibious creature, and this character was a human child. So, you know, you have, like, these two tiers of just absolute hate coming out of Episode One that still, again, like, stain the franchise to this day. Like, many fans won't even, like, especially, like, diehard historian fans, they won't even talk to you about these three let alone episode one, and they especially don't want to talk Jar Jar or young Anakin. So Jake Lloyd, born March 5th, 1989, played possibly the most important character of the prequels. 
Anakin Skywalker, the young boy who would grow to become Darth Vader, who is one of the most legendary villains in the history of film and probably just in the history of fiction in general. And expectations were extremely high. However, due to the young age of the character in The Phantom Menace, no one quite knew what to expect. Obviously, he would not be a Dark Knight supervillain, nor a powerful Jedi yet to turn heel. What he did end up being portrayed as was a tech-savvy young child with a heart of gold and a desire to learn how to use the Force, also a bowl cut. And for some reason, <laughs> this infuriated people. Like, like this, this little kid became like, like just every scene is a cringe. Like people could not stand this little boy. And it's like, it's a fucking kid. Like he's literally a a kid that would be like, if you were to take that same character and put him in any galaxy in any time, not just like a long time ago, far, far away, but like right now, kids are the same. Like, it's just like, you just hate children. You just hate children. (laughs) Like that's it. Again, it's like the hype's too much. I mean, uh, origin stories in general are really tough to pull off because you well, it's like, what of... do you want Damien from the omen? Well, I mean, it's just, who knows, but I will say that, you know, just personally his, his, you know, the Jar Jar character is better, but his acting, I mean, the kid, it's like, it He's is a kid. Pretty, it's well, yeah, but sometimes kids are really good at acting and you're yeah. like, damn, that kid fucking crushed this role. And you're kind of like. I mean, he's just kind of stupid. He sounds yeah. It's stupid. no Little Miss Sunshine, you know. Yeah, he's kind of. <laughs> we'll say that he's just kind of yelling. He's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And he's just always yelling. Yeah. And you're, what do you I mean? Going to be a Jedi or like, like is yeah. that a real lightsaber? Yeah, just I don't know, whatever. And like again, like <laughs> they they also kind of harp too much on the fact that like it's like yes, you're young, but you're also somewhere in there, Darth Vader. So you're really good at fucking everything. Mm-hmm. And like it, it's just like even it, it even in a film like Star Wars, where every single aspect is made up like down to what the fucking people drink and eat, like it's still too far fetched that this kid would be able to drive a pod racer. Right. I mean, you know, like. <laughs> If Macaulay Culkin did it or something, I don't know. Like that guy, he was as a kid, like <laughs> iconic. You know, you're like everything that kid does. You're like, wow, he knows how to act. You know what I mean? The good like, son, party monster. <laughs> yeah, I just like avoiding saying home alone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so. Though Lloyd was the center star in one of the film's most iconic moments, the pod race sequence, which, by the way, spawned like one of the best fucking Star Wars video games ever, the pod racing video game. Don't uh, at me on that. His overall performance and inclusion in the film was met with such poor reception, it would lead the young actor to quit show business altogether. Lloyd had also starred in the Christmas blockbuster Jingle All the Way, as well as a couple of TV spots, but... Like, with all the actors involved in Star Wars, this was his big break. And he was only going to be in it for one. That's that's the thing. Most characters in Star Wars films are in it, you know, the through the rest. But it was clear that he would not be appearing in the rest of the prequels as Anakin because he would have been, you know, grown by several years as each film came out. But nevertheless... Fans were furious. They felt the young Anakin character completely childized, quote unquote, the franchise. Like it, like you took Darth Vader and now you're seeing him as like a kid who misses his mommy. And it's just like, right. like, yeah, he's a fucking kid. And also it's like, you just have to deal with this one. It's like, yes, we got Anakin and Jar Jar, but we also got a young Obi-Wan. We got Mace Windu and we get Darth Maul, you know, Darth Maul. If you guys remember from podcast 99, uh, they actually made bongs that they sold on yeah. the grounds yeah. of Woodstock 99 that were like the face of Darth, Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. 
but it's like it, it's he was the crazy. new metal he was the new metal sith yeah he, he was he like was very he's like metal. from Mudvayne. yeah he yeah. Like took some yeah, time off from Mudvayne. was from but uh that, you know, it's interesting, though, that people felt like this episode one was like, and again, the the next two that would come out, episode two and three, those were not recepted, you know, received well, like either by uh, by fans. You know, they're all kind of considered to be stinkers. But this I mean, one, the, this the one more so. Make, yeah, maybe like it shouldn't have been. Yeah. Like, don't fucking rip this kid apart and like bully the shit out of him. But I think right. that in part, like the script, it's pretty clunky like there aren't really those memorable lines that you know the movies were known be mindful for. of the future but not at the expense of the moment dude. all right well okay also i know he says don't work on me only money now i'm gonna tell you if you're gonna look okay. for anything in star oh, wars episode Watto. one is racist it's guano yeah Watto is is the that's a racist fucking character Jewish i know i just went through this whole thing about how yeah but like i'm telling you right now uh yeah my i don't think my um, my my grand True. folks were too stoked on Watto, yeah. But, but um, really, and I. But the pod racing is awesome. It was incredibly. It's, it's awesome. Inspiring, and I mean, like it's working a, as it's a. a See, I know all the lines from episode oh, one, God. dude. <laughs> okay, shit. Um, no, okay, what what's the one line where they're like the fish? He's like, There's always bigger fish. I like There's that. There's always line. a bigger fish. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, on their way to Otagunga with Jar Jar Binks. But uh the pod racing, I mean, watching it in theaters, you're like, holy shit. And I mean, they completely introduced this new thing, you know, like they had to come up with the whole concept of it. And yeah. that game I played the shit out of uh on N64, the Star Wars Episode One Fuck Racer. Yeah. That's so I'm gonna have to throw in the that theme song. Because that theme song is like always well, stuck in my head. Ep episode one had some other cool stuff. Like um, it was a big fucking deal to see a new kind of lightsaber, like Darth Maul's double-sided one. And then in the next films, when you see like that Mace Windu has like a purple lightsaber, everyone was like, holy fuck. Like, and it's all marketing shit. Cause it's just like, we need to create new shit to make new toys out of, you know? Mm -hmm. And so like there, there's all these things and you make everything into a fucking toy, even if it's in the movie for like two seconds. But also, um, you know, the Star Wars music is so iconic that they had to create new just as iconic stuff. So you get the um, battle song. Where it's like, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the racer music, too. Yeah, yeah, that, like, yeah, that, that song that's, is that song is great. That's iconic. That song. song. It's like, <laughs> we're like sport, talking about it like it's like a song. Yeah, yeah. I know. But, uh, okay, there's an interesting thing about people being pissed that they were making Star Wars, like, aimed towards, like, a younger audience. Because years later, the property itself would be acquired by Disney. And not to right. mention the success of the Lego Star Wars series and the Clone Wars animated series. Like, I mean... That's all Star Wars stuff, but OG fans themselves were kids when it came out. So it's like, sorry, just let the kids in the 90s be fucking kids. We're sorry that our parents weren't smoking cigarettes next to us in the theater, you know, when we were seeing the original one. And uh -huh. like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, sorry that like, you know, you had to like no, deliver it's... papers from your bike to fucking make the 30 cents for a ticket back then or whatever the fuck it was. You fucking grizzled assholes. Well, it's Star I mean. Wars. Let the kids think, like it. I think that some of the original like fans had enough time to like sort of convince themselves it wasn't a kid's movie because it 
you know, because the <laughs> they still like it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the impact of it was so big that it, you know, it really wasn't, it wasn't really viewed as like a kid's movie because it was just, I mean, the first three in the seventies and eighties, cause it was just so big and it was such a huge part of pop culture. And there weren't really children portrayed in it, even though it was adults. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, they were portrayed kids, as adults. Yeah. So that is a new thing is to like actually be having a child, like really be in it. Cause what's his face? Fucking Luke Skywalker is like a, you know, he's like a young adult, a teen or whatever. Right. So yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's like, yeah and it's like dude what do you think like darth vader just came out like that like no you all know if you're a big enough nerd to complain about this shit you know the fucking backstory already what the fuck is your problem so anyways according to lloyd after the release of star wars episode one the phantom menace his life became quote a living hell the bullying he suffered in school was unbearable and relentless it was clear to him that he most definitely did not want to return to acting as he felt that no matter what he appeared in it would be panned due to the sheer amount of hate his portrayal of Anakin Skywalker received just like and you know a lot of child child actors don't like being a child actor you know it, it, it's a hard yeah. thing mm -hmm. to go through for many many men though definitely the vast majority you know you go through bullying and things like this but this is Star Wars and it's not like mm -hmm. you're just an annoying kid in a one-off movie that was right. based around you you're intruding on a space that some people hold sacred and right. therefore and again you have to keep in mind the internet thing really played a huge part in this because like you could just not pick up a newspaper and see that your movie, you know, was being talked about the way it was, or, or you don't watch an interview like on TV with like someone or like some comedian panning it. Like this is like anywhere you look now, it gets coming yeah. out and it's becoming viral jokes and, and right. things. And it, yeah. And the, and the shithead in me wants to just praise episode one, just because I'm like, as you're I'm like looking at, I'm reading these like, scathing negative reviews and it's like <laughs> god you have such a stick up your ass about this yeah so like, like, what even the fuck? though even though i don't love the movie i almost just want to praise I it i love the movie <laughs> just, i don't give i a just want to fucking praise it just because the people ripping it up it, it's like what also, the fuck is your problem but. Another nerd, the, dude, this is like easily the nerdiest dump uh, that we've done. But like another thing that I fucking hate is people like our age that shit on it. It's like you were fucking 10 when this came out. You should have loved this shit. What was yeah. so wrong when you're 10 years old? You couldn't have fun during this. Like who like hit you before you went in there? Like, right. like what like what happened in your life at nine or 10 years old? Where you right. couldn't enjoy this fucking absolute mind melter of a fucking special effects film that right. was aimed towards you. you I, know? I mean, I like and I did enjoy this one, but I do think that the next two are dog shit. Right. I just I think what it was was that the first one I was that was obviously the youngest. And I guess I was like sixth grade or something. So I enjoyed that one. And then they nothing was like I felt like the, the second and third ones were bad. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck's really going on. They're confusing. And then at that point, this dump that we're talking about, this sort of mystique of how shitty they were kind of just like crept in. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it just really was a pile of shit. And you're right. I did almost right. 
sort of forget that I really did enjoy the first one because I was like fucking 12 years old, you know? Yeah, fuck yeah. Are you shitting me? Like, oh, man, forget. are you dumping me? So in 2015, <laughs> you know, after a long break from acting, you know, or not even break, but he had quit now. This is this is many, many years later. Uh, so in 2015, Lloyd was arrested after a high-speed pursuit with police. During the pursuit, he began to weave into oncoming traffic and eventually crashed through a roadside barrier. Young Skywalker was charged with reckless driving, failure to stop, and driving without a license. After his arrest, he was placed on a psychiatric hold, and in 2016, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Woof. That's pretty yeah. rough. You yeah, know, this mugshot is, it's, is it's, it's a scary mugshot. Yeah, is what, what what do we say? Uh, American History X, the Phantom Menace. Like it's like very Phantom like Menace. X. Like he looks like someone that got arrested, but like uh, you know, it, it's he had a, a mental illness thing, not necessarily substance or anything he like that. Kind of looks like uh, EJ Soprano. A little bit. He does kind of look like AJ Soprano. Yes, no way to fit that in there, Parks. And AJ <laughs> uh, Robert Eiler, who even though was highly lauded for his performance, he also doesn't. He hasn't done anything since. Soprano. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a child actor. Well, sometimes they don't make yeah. like Pantera hockey jerseys anymore for him to wear. <laughs> um, so during his stay at a psychiatric treatment facility, his younger sister died. Madison, that's very sad. And the sad news of her passing worsened the condition of the former star, and he was moved closer to his family. His family continues to support him to this day, and we wish him all of the best in his treatment, recovery, journey in life, all of that stuff. Uh, you did great as Anakin, Jake Lloyd. I'll just go ahead and say it here so someone said it. So... <laughs> That's it for that. What does it all mean? Well, I guess it means that it is just a fucking movie. I understand how much films can mean to a person, and by no means are we attempting to disparage the fandom of Star Wars. In fact, I fucking love Star Wars. I learned a lot from the films, even episode one. However, as humans, we must realize that in life, expectations are rarely met, and the more importance you put into an uncontrollable situation, the greater the chances are of you being let down. Films have actors. Actors play characters. There is no reason to shit on those actors who work tirelessly to deliver their best performance because you aren't shitting on Jar Jar Binks or Anakin Skywalker. You are shitting on Ahmad Best and Jake Lloyd. Plus, we all know that, yes, Hayden Christensen was way more annoying as Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. what I have to say about that. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was really bad. He was really bad, and he's gonna be back in the Obi One in the Obi One show, um, like the oh. uh, yeah. So the so there's there's that, um, but that that was our Star Wars dump. I knew that there had to be uh, something something in there. I mean, and I know people are gonna be like, oh, the Star Wars Christmas special or the Star Wars uh, disco album or Star Wars mm -hmm. Radio or Ewoks the the TV show. None of those are dumps. Uh, this this is a fucking dump. Like, and you just you just have to sift through. The fact that it's Star Wars to find it, much like with living with Michael Jackson, you kind of have to forget about all the accolades and uh, get right to the the dump. You know, the heart of the dump. Totally. So, yeah. 
you know, with, with, with that being said, folks, we're going to uh, post all sorts of stuff that having to do with, with, with this on our Patreon, patreon.com slash culture dumps. We also put up a ton of great XFL videos as well as videos having to do with every topic. Also, we have our side series squirts on there where Parks and I just riff about different stuff. We have little mini series within that. Just extra episodes for you guys. It really helps us out a lot. It helps us out almost or as much as you scrolling down to whatever you're listening to it on right now and rating it uh whatever you think we deserve five stars or you know leaving a review that's also very very helpful that's what advertisers and such look for um you can follow us on Instagram at Culture Dumps. Send us an email. We got some pretty good dump suggestions uh, recently through our email, culturedumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. I've been here with Parks Miller. And may the dump be with you. <laughs> <laughs>